Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode, A Pandemic in Bible Prophecy, Part 6. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church, to find greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please check our show notes for links to our home website and other information you may want to know. Our show notes are found with every episode. We are located on 22 platforms. Check out this list under the podcast menu item on our homepage found at unchurched.site123.me Last week, May 9th, we studied Part 5 of our look into a pandemic in Bible prophecy in Chapter 8 of Exodus. Flies, swarms of them. We also noticed a couple things and asked the following questions. Notice how Pharaoh's heart hardens Again, what is not for him to get at this point? Yet, Pharaoh simply is not getting the message. Just how many of us today are as stubborn as Pharaoh was then? In Exodus. This week, we look at the fifth plague, disease. Pharaoh's hardened heart is not unlike many people today. You obviously do not have to be of royalty to have a hardened heart towards God. Today, in these pandemic times, our heart can be hardened when a loved one is fully overcome by coronavirus, or as some call it, COVID-19. While not an unusual thing in any time and people, we nonetheless harden our heart in various emotional circumstances where we wonder, where was God? Didn't he see or know what was happening if he is all-seeing and all-knowing? In our limited insight, that is a really good question that we struggle to answer when circumstances bear little, if any, means of resolve and or blessing from God that blessing being a miraculous outcome that can only be from God. Our scripture this week reads, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Release my people that they may serve me. For if you refuse to release them and continue holding them, then the hand of the Lord will surely bring a very terrible plague on your livestock in the field, on the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flocks. But the Lord will distinguish between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, and nothing will die of all that the Israelites have. 
the Lord set an appointment time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the Lord did this on the next day. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but of the Israelites' livestock, not one died. Pharaoh sent representatives to investigate, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of Israel had died. But Pharaoh's heart remained hard, and he did not release the people. From Exodus chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. We have two commentary passages that opens our digging into this passage. First, God will have Israel released. Pharaoh opposes it. And the trial is, whose word shall stand? The hand of the Lord at once is upon the cattle, many of which, some of all kinds, die by a sort of murin. Murin means any disease that is highly infectious in cattle of plague levels and degree. Continuing, this was greatly to the loss of the owners. They had made Israel poor, and now God would have them poor. The hand of God is to be seen even in the sickness and the death of cattle, for a sparrow falls not to the ground without our Father. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, Public Domain. The fifth plague consisted of a severe murian, which carried off the cattle, the living property, of the Egyptians that were in the field to show how Pharaoh was accumulating guilt by his obstinate resistance. In the announcement of this plague, the expression, If thou refuse to let them go, is followed by the words, And wilt hold them, the Israelites, still. Still further, even after Jehovah has so emphasized, emphatically declared his will. From Kyle and Delich Bible Commentary on the Old Testament. The first question is, are you that obstinate with God, to God, even if you are saved? Pharaoh's obstinate heart and spirit have brought him down this darkening road thus far. What is not for him to get? Yet, we can see all too clearly, Pharaoh just isn't getting it. What will it take for Pharaoh, for people today as well, to understand what God wants from us in this life for eternal life to be in us? Yes, to some, this makes no sense. Why would a loving God strike his personal creation in such a way? This is where and how we get lost. Lost in such a way that we most likely will stay there, at the very least, for a period of time. We get lost in the humanistic side of any topic. We also get lost in other ways even if we are saved in Christ. Hopefully, we can find the answers we are looking for by examining Pharaoh since he is so much like many people I have met and know today. Exodus chapter 9, verse 4 read, 
But the Lord will distinguish between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, and nothing will die of all that the Israelites have. We need to remember, the Israelites here in question were estranged in Egypt. This is a very pivotal point we also need to remember. All these plagues occurred in the entire country of Egypt. Remember, in those days, any plague of that scope was indeed what we call today a pandemic. The Bible reads, plague. Remember, also, we looked up word meanings in a previous episode and found that plague and pandemic mean the same thing. In what we today may wash away with explanation because it is so negative, we can see the hand of God working here. Many modern-day churches do not teach that God works this way. If that is true, then what of the scripture that says, All things work for good for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose? Does that mean only the good things? Are only the good things all things? The answer to that question is, undeniably, no. If the answer were not no, then how would God work all things for good for those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose? That scripture means that even the bad things in God's hands like this pandemic, work for good even though we presently perceive the bad things as only that which is bad. God, in a miraculous way, turns what we perceive as a bad thing into something good we cannot begin to imagine since all we see is the present bad thing or issues of note. Can you see better? How, in some instances, it comes down to personal choice? Some can make that choice, and others simply will not. When God brought this disease upon the cattle in Egypt, notice what Pharaoh did. Scripture says, Pharaoh sent representatives to investigate, and indeed, Not even one of the livestock of Israel had died, but Pharaoh's heart remained hard, and he did not release the people. Exodus chapter 9, verse 7. Now, I will digress a moment. Notice how God shields his people from his impact on the rest of Egypt. In today's world, do we see any such thing happening? Are God's true people safe from this pandemic? Are his true people, without explanation, not being found sick and never will be sick, leastwise in this present pandemic? Two very good questions we need to find answers for, but can we? Can it be as simple as that like the Israelites? God's people today have a similar form of protection? Another very good question needing an answer. Again, the problem 
can we find that answer? Even though we cannot find the answers to these questions, do we simply fold up and go away with no effort made to find the answers? I hope the answer to that question is no. I say that because we are creative and inventive people who find answers regardless of how difficult they are to find. Now, returning to Exodus chapter 9, verse 7. It connects to us in commentary with this simple statement. But Pharaoh's heart still continued hardened, though he convinced himself by direct inquiry that the cattle of the Israelites had been spared. From Kyle and Delich Bible Commentary on the Old Testament. Pharaoh convinced himself her commentary so he could wash this all away in such a way as to keep his heart hardened. As modern people today, is it not, in many ways, even easier for us to do as well? We, as modern people, have so many excuses and reasons as to why something is not as it should be. We are far more well-equipped than Pharaoh in our ability to simply wash away what is true in far greater favor of what is more easily believable, whether true or outright false. We then say it is true. We even call it all truth whether it really is or not. Our thinking and how we are influenced is more expedited by today's World Wide Web, otherwise known as the Internet, and the content we find there. How we want to believe others, we do not even know, who seem to be telling us the truth, in what they are relating on their platform. That alone is one glaring reason why the Internet cannot be our one-stop shop for information. Yes, some on the Internet can be trusted in what they present. However, so many others cannot. Then, add to that, the bad players or bad actors that specialize in misinformation presented as solid truth on the Internet also. Please, think about the online information you find and whether it can be proven truthful. Yes, many on the Internet tell the truth to the best of their ability. Many others do not. Continuing. We read this in commentary. God will have Israel released. Pharaoh opposes it. And the trial is, whose word shall stand? Why do we, like Pharaoh, believe our word will stand and God's word will fall? We should know that God's word has stood solid for thousands of years. With that, how can we possess anything that can cause God's word to fall? Or, you might say, how can we possess anything that can cause God's word to fail? 
fall, or fail. Either way, it is simply two different words saying the exact same thing. The fact we can believe that we can cause God's word to fall or fail is something sourced in our enemy. If we truly believe we can do that, our enemy has achieved what he has set out to do. Fill us with the untruths that we can do something that simply cannot be done. No man or woman can cause God's word to fall or fail. Only our common enemy thinks this is possible. He will fail and will be in hell for the remainder of eternity when we are fully in, fully in God's hand with all of what is fully behind us. We can see in commentary as well. It read, The fifth plague consisted of a severe murian, a disease that is highly infectious in cattle of plague levels and degree, which carried off the cattle, the living property of the Egyptians that were in the field, to show how Pharaoh was accumulating guilt by his obstinate resistance. The cattle here were some of the possessions of those days. So what possessions of ours today are similar to what the cattle were to the Egyptians? Cars, maybe? It is not all the same for each of us, but we all have at least one thing that to us is like the cattle to the Egyptians. Notice how commentary worded their comment as to why Pharaoh was the way he is depicted here in Scripture. It said, to show how Pharaoh was accumulating guilt by his obstinate resistance. That is a very interesting statement. It tells us we do not get the full package of guilt at once. It builds over time. It is not first recognized and secondly dealt with so as to remove it. This is how it builds over time. By the time we recognize it, it is perceived as big and maybe even insurmountable. We wonder how God could even forgive us. At this point, if we do not come to our senses, we now spiral downward into an even more disheartening and darker place, further and further away from God. Not away from God in terms of presence, but mentally and emotionally, spiritually, away, which seems even more difficult to come back from than simply changing one's physical position to be in a better place. Forgiveness is our road back. No matter where we are, forgiveness is our road back to the place in Christ we know and love. Unlike Pharaoh, because we are saved in Christ, forgiveness fully stops accumulating guilt. Forgiveness fully wipes out our accumulating guilt as far as the West is from the East. Check it out. What I just said is in the Bible. Scripture reads, 
For if you refuse to release them and continue holding them, then the hand of the Lord will surely bring a very terrible plague on your livestock in the field, on the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flocks. Exodus chapter 9, verses 2 through 3. Verse 3 is where we want to focus. Notice that many of these animals are the income source for the Egyptians. Simply put, some would sell for food, some would sell for work animals, and some for transportation since cars are a long way from being invented in these days of Egypt. A plague killing these animals is devastating, to say the least. Remember, too, many of these animals also provided transportation of goods held in a cart the animal would pull. The Egyptians worship their cattle. What we make an idol of, it is just with God to remove from us. This proud tyrant and cruel oppressor deserved to be made an example by the just judge of the universe. None who are punished according to what they deserve can have any just cause to complain. Hardness of heart denotes that state of mind upon which neither threatenings nor promise, neither judgments nor mercies, make any abiding impression. The conscience being stupefied, and the heart filled with pride and presumption, they persist in unbelief and disobedience. This state of mind is also called the stony heart. Very different is the heart of flesh, the broken and contrite heart. Sinners have none to blame but themselves for that pride and ungodliness which abuse the bounty and patience of God. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, Public Domain We have just seen in commentary a really descriptive understanding of a hardening heart. Commentary told us how different is the heart yielded to God. Very different is the heart of flesh and broken and contrite heart. Sinners have none to blame but themselves for that pride and ungodliness which abuse the bounty and patience of God. Remember, too, God will have Israel released. Pharaoh opposes it. And the trial is, whose word shall stand? Today, whose word will stand? Yours or God's? Next week, we will look at the sixth plague, boils. That sounds so nasty, especially if there is no break between plagues. Breaks between plagues, such as the definite breaks between the 6th and 7th issues in the book of Revelation, are not even remotely clear to us today. As I said last week, the progression of these plagues is getting even worse still for the Egyptians. In our present pandemic situation, is this only the beginning of times only getting worse for us today? Play or download next week's episode 
A Pandemic and Bible Prophecy, Part 7, from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. At present, we are located on 22 podcast sites, so you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.